Don't say die, we won't give in. We're number one, we'll hold the line. We won't step back, we'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast, we'll drive like rain. We won't be beat, we won't retreat, ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. We are the storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 26. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify platforms. As always, I'm your host, Gobs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views and opinions as well as the Storm content over the 2023 season. Now... Without any further ado, let's get stuck into it, shall we? On the run, the Grant on the melee, look at this. Oh, straight down the highway. Ranting supports. That's amazing. That is, that is drag racing. The green light comes on and bang, they took off. Harry Houdini and his bunch of mates were absolutely on fire at Amy Park last Sunday uh, for Members Appreciation Round. Um, Coming into the game, a lot of trepidation, a lot of fear, a lot of nervousness, anxiety potentially as well, knowing that uh, the Raiders uh, enjoy playing at Amy Park. They've won their last five games there against the Storm, five of their last six against the Storm, uh, so they are the Storm's bogey team, officially. Um, for whatever reason, they've just got a style of play that really, really unsettles Melbourne, gets under the Storm's skin, uh, and always get up for the for the contest. They don't fear the Storm. They don't fear Amy Park. Uh, and it's really sort of, I suppose, um, rammed home uh, by their coach, who obviously is very good friends with Craig Bellamy from their Raiders days, Uh Craig Bellamy was an inaugural Raider back in 1982 and played with Ricky Stewart at Canberra, um, as well as being a part of the 1990 Premiership. Um, but, yes, uh, the Storm come out of the blocks and uh, sent a, an ominous warning to the rest of the competition that uh, this Premiership is not going to be as one-sided as many people think. They were ruthless. They were relentless. Um, and showed shades uh, of storm teams of the past where the foot was on the throat and they did not relent, which was really, really refreshing to see. Uh, The Raiders had everything to play for. Uh, They were coming to Amy Park again with that confidence of not fearing the venue, um, the Fortress Amy, and um, they were playing for a top four spot as well. That, that was the, that was what was on the line for both clubs and both teams, um, and the Storm just went about their business and blew the Raiders away. Uh, and it coincided with a strategic move to start Harry Grant off the bench. Now, it was later revealed that Grant had virtually been given the week off, didn't do any sort of training, um, and it was, I suppose, the way the Storm manage their players 
Um, it would have been easy to, to potentially rest him, but they opted, uh, and I, I dare say that Harry would have had some input and say in this as well, where the player is given the choice or the option of resting, um, but he obviously chose to play, which means that they reduced his workload during the week. Uh, he would have done captain's run. That would have been it, which is only just a run-through of, of set pieces, bit of shape, um, and, yeah, rolled into game day uh, where uh, they held him back for the first 20 minutes, um, again, making sure that all the fire and brimstone of that first sort of opening stages of the game, um, Harry wasn't subjected to, and when Grant did get on there, he absolutely tore the Raiders to shreds, had their markers, their A, B and C defenders at sixes and sevens, just completely picked apart their middle third. Um, and it, I suppose a, a calculated move was starting him with Nelson uh, at the same time. So that real ascendancy and momentum shift really, really co- um, coincided with uh, those two coming on and they were just too hard to peg back from there. All the momentum virtually swung the way of the storm after that 20-minute period, um, and it was good night, Irene, for, for the Raiders. Um, yeah, it was a very, very comprehensive performance by the storm. Uh, and again, it just, I suppose, the frustrating thing from, from a storm's fan's perspective is we keep talking about the consistency factor. And I made mention to it last week that they are a very young group. This is a very, very young group. A lot of inexperience compared to former Storm teams of the past. So even though when you've had sort of no-name role players or tradesmen-like players that just go in there and do a job, they've had experience. They've either had experience in New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup or from other clubs and systems, bit of journeyman action. But a lot of these guys that are playing in this Storm team have debuted with the Storm. So they're pathway players, they're development players, and they're still learning their craft. They're still actually understanding what it takes to to wrestle the, the week-in-week um, grind of what first-grade rugby league NRL is. And until you're, again, probably around about a, a 75 to 100 gamer, inconsistency is going to be there because of that lack of experience. But... It goes to show that the what they're capable of. The Storm have showed this throughout the season. What they're capable of, and when they get when they get a roll on, when they get a roll on through that middle, and they're playing flat, fast over the advantage line, and all their creatives come together. You look at the creatives, and when I say creatives, I'm talking about the spine. So you're one, six, seven, and nine. The primary common theme that all players have in Meany, Hughes, Munster and Grant, they're all ball runners. So when you've got momentum and teams are retreating defensively and not getting off the line and there's no line speed and they're just forever backtrack, backtrack, backtrack because of the momentum that the Storm are generating through that middle third is that all those players come to the fore and they just run because they've got time, they've got space, they've got... Uh, the ability to, to to execute shape more effectively because of that because of that dominance through the middle third and it's just such a pleasure to watch in action it's just it's amazing sitting up high at Amy Park on Sunday 
I had the perfect view, and it's just it's poultry in motion. How how they fall into shape so quickly, how they can transition out of shape, out of attack, straight into defensive mode. Uh, it's it's just poultry in motion. Absolutely great to watch. Um, and again, I think all Storm fans um, would have really really enjoyed that game because it just goes to show what they're capable of, and when they're playing their best football. They can challenge anyone, and they and I'm, I'm I'm specifically saying anyone. They can challenge the Panthers, so, but the problem is the consistency factor, and then coming what well, we're three weeks out from the finals now, they're still currently sitting in fourth. Fourth isn't guaranteed. They've still got to win. They've still got to win, and that's got to be the mentality now. You want you want to have momentum and you want to have good form going into the finals. That's the big thing. So let's hope there's going to be plenty of that. So um, Craig Bellamy was asked about the performance after the game. Here's what he had to say in the press conference. Craig, did you feel you were really up on today? Were they really off or you somewhere in between? How do you sort of sum it up, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure. I, you know, like I knew, I knew we we prepared probably but been the best preparation we've had for, for well, a few weeks, even yeah, a couple of months probably. Um, you know, we had some real intent and you know, some real discipline about our um, our preparation this week, our, our training sessions. You know, we sort of drew a line a bit early in the week too, to be quite honest. So, um, yeah, so the guys decided this is the way we wanted to go. And I thought, you know, it's, again, it's never guaranteed that you're going to play like that when, you know, you change a couple of things. But, you know, we, uh, I thought we played really well. And, you know, we weren't that great with the ball, to be quite honest. You know, we made a lot of errors, in the, especially in the first half. But I just thought we'd build our game on our defence. And, you know, that's that's a bit of old-school Melbourne Storm probably. But, you know, that, that that's what we wanted to do. And um, I thought, you know, that they defended great. So I'm really happy and really proud with how we uh, how how our defence uh, worked today. What, um, what sort of line did you draw during the week? Was it... On standards, was it on training? Was it on game day? Yeah, just yeah. Again, you know, we know if we we train a certain way and do things at training, that you know, it usually comes out in the game. And perhaps, you know, and with all due respect, having just been the players, I'd probably, um, yeah, been a little bit flipping as well. You know, with our with our training, you know, I would say, say flipping might be the right word, but you know, we just, you know, we knew we, uh, you know, we get that time of the year, so yeah. It was time to uh, you know lift the standards anyway, but you know I think we probably hadn't been trained the way that we probably should or could have. And uh, yeah, again, it's only it's only one week. Yeah, so we're not <laughs> going to get carried away with it. But um, you know, as I say, I think we set a couple of standards this week and, and today, and you know, hopefully we can uh, you know carry on. Standards, lifting the standards. Let's hope those standards remain for the next three weeks coming into the finals. Team List Tuesday. Melbourne Storm have confirmed their Round 25 squad to take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Uh, the 17-man lineup that took home the win over the Raiders in Round 24 is set to take the field once again Saturday night. Will Warbrick rejoins the Storm contingent amongst the extended interchange following his late outing last week due to neck soreness. So let's have a quick look at the team. 
So Nick Meany again is at fullback. Remus Smith find him, finds himself named on the wing with Xavier Coates. Marion Seve wasn't he great against the Raiders, as well as Young Tonamapaya, who celebrated his 50th game against the Canberra Raiders at Amy Park last week. They are in the centres. Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes are in the halves. In the forwards, Tui Kamikamitha and Christian Welsh are up front with Harry Grant at hooker. Trent Liero, Elisa Katoa and Josh King are the back row for the Storm. On the interchange bench, Bronson Garlic, who started at dummy half last week, uh, Tom Eisenhuth, Tepo Moroa and Nelson Asafa-Solomona round out the 17. On the extended reserves, Alec McDonald, Will Warbrick, Jonah Pezzett, Tarek Sims and Tyron Wishart round out the 22-man list for the Storm. Now, for the Dragons... Tyrell Sloan, Matthew Fige, Moses Sully, Zach Lomax returns, Makali Ravolala, Talata Amon, Ben Hunt are in the halves, Francis Molo, Blake Laurie are in front row, Jacob Little is at hooker, Billy Burns uh, and Dan Russell are the second rowers, and Michael Molo is at lock uh, on the interchange bench, Connor Mulhausen. Ryan Couchman, Ben Murdoch-Masilla and Zane Musgrove make up their 17. Um, They shouldn't be underestimated, the Dragons. Uh, They're a team that doesn't go away. They've showed that throughout the season that they do compete. um, And whilst they've probably lacked polish uh, and attention, uh, not being able to play 80 minutes, is that when, when they do string some really, really good segments in a game... They can make you pay. Um, again, defense defense has probably been their Achilles heel uh, this year, but there is a lot of green shoots coming through uh, this St. George Illawarra team. They've got a lot of strike out wide as well. Lomax on his day is a great centre. Sully is a handful. Tyrell Sloan is an X-factor at the back. Um, Talatoa, man, when he runs the football, is dangerous. And obviously Ben Hunt, well, we, everyone knows what Ben Hunt can do. He's their inspirational leader. His kicking game is is up there with Cherry Evans and probably the best in the competition. Um, and again, it's it, they've got a, a, a bit of a no-frills, no-nonsense sort of hard-working forward pack that just does a job, can lay a platform and can challenge. Um, they don't take a backward step. So again, complacency is something that we don't like to use, um, a, a term we don't like to use with the Melbourne Storm team. Uh, and there's probably been instances throughout the season where that has been thrown around and bandied around at certain points. Um, Let's hope it's not um, a game where that is going to be used because that would be extremely disappointing because good teams back up performances like we saw against the Raiders on the weekend. Uh, Christian Walsh was asked about the importance of winning against the Raiders, but also maintaining that winning form now going into the finals. What did you make of the performance, Welsh, overall? I mean, I guess you are threatening that kind of performance, I guess, at times this season. Was it nice to put it all together today? Yeah, I think we've been up here at times throughout the year and really frustrated about our performances, and um, it's around 24. It's, it's now and ever, really, to start. And, you know, we got to bit of a reality check last week against Penrith I think Penrith and Broncos two best teams in the competition and clearly 
not where we need to be if we're trying to challenge those sides. So, um, as Craig said, we had a really good week of training. And, you know, I played here a few times, so, you know, a few seasons, and we've had great regular seasons. We've had minor premierships and smooth sailing, and then we get get rolled in the finals. So I, uh, I'm hoping it's slightly the way the other way around, where we're still finding our groove as a team and learning and, and building, and hopefully hitting our straps towards the back end of the year. Everyone's sort of talking about the Panthers and the Bronx. Is it? Does it feel like you're almost flying under the radar a little bit at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I don't mind it to be honest, and I think there's so many other teams jostling for that top four, you know, the Warriors have had a fantastic season, the Raiders are right there, Cronulla, um, so it's a really, it's a bit of a sprint there to try and get that top four spot, because it's so important, I think um, you know, when you look at the AFL with their pre-finals by, I think teams can make a run from outside the four and it's just really tough, I think in the NRL where you roll 27 rounds straight into a final series where you know, the physicality and the speed of this competition, it's um, it's a long year, so that you know, potential to try and win a week off. I think it's really huge in, in terms of finals. Extremely. And that, that's what it comes down to now. So, as I said, the performance that was shown against the Raiders, it's now up to the Storm to continue to, to build on that. Um, and it starts this week against the Dragons. So, let's hope that we get a, a steely... Performance by the Storm, they go out there and they execute their game plan. They don't underestimate or take the Dragons lightly because you can bet your bottom dollar coming into this business end of the season where, uh, again, there's no certainties in terms of top four um, and the club and the team really want to try and solidify that top four spot for for a number of reasons. One, you want to give yourself the best opportunity um, to be as high on the ladder as possible. Uh, second to that is top four guarantees the second bite of the cherry. So, And it could potentially also give you a week off if you are successful in week one of the finals. So there is a lot at stake, and it is going to come down to that um, consistency in performance. Um, and you, can, you can be sure that um, the Dragons will be coming to try and spoil the party. And this is the problem. When you're coming up against teams that uh, that are mathematically out of contention to play finals football, which the Dragons, uh, unfortunately for their fan base and supporter base, are, that they've got nothing to lose. Um, and they are going to approach this game to try and be as... I suppose, as annoying as possible in terms of providing nuisance value for teams that are in contention for the top eight and, like the Storm, that want to hang on to that top four spot. So it is a danger game. It is a danger game. Uh, Just like last week was a danger game against the Raiders. So whilst the sort of the monkey's off the back there, um, travelling up to Sydney, Wollongong is not a very uh, nice place to play, especially in winter. Um, you got that <clears throat> coastal sea breeze, um, and yeah, it's it, it can be it can be quite a desolate place. Um, so it, it's it's a game that needs to be really prioritised in terms of. 
every single individual having their their game day hat head on and, and really approaching this game with the utmost sort of focus to ensure that they get the job done. Um, now, as I'm recording this, there was a little bit of news um, around that Cameron Munster potentially could miss the game. I say could uh, because his fiance uh, Bianca is um, due to have uh, the couple's second child, uh, and if she does go into labour, um, Munster will be withdrawing from the game. So at this stage, she's um, supposedly going to give birth early next week, but if she does go into labour before then, and it happens to coincide on game day, uh, even though Munster is flying to Sydney uh, on Friday with the team, um, who are probably going to set base up in Wollongong, um, if uh, his beautiful partner does fall into labour, then Munster will withdraw, uh, hence why Jonah Pezzett has been named on the extended reserves list. So there would be a straight sort of swap. Munster returns home. Uh, Pezzett comes straight into the halves to partner Jerome Hughes. So that would be the only change at this stage. Uh, obviously, Will Warbrick, again, is returning from uh, uh, neck soreness. So there potentially could be a bit of a uh, swap in the back line. Should Warbrick uh, return to the wing, one would assume that Remus Smith uh, potentially goes back into the centres. Um, and unfortunately, Marion Seve could be the man that misses out. Alternatively, that Remus Smith could miss out with Seve maintaining his centre spot. Uh, and Smith would return uh, to the reserves list uh, and potentially could play for the Brisbane East Tigers again uh, in the Queensland Cup, the Storms feeder team. So, um, But apart from that, I think the Eli Katoa being named um, and starting back in the second row now is a good thing. He's had a couple of weeks to really build up his minutes and match fitness. Um but that would really be it. I like the the impact of Nelson off the bench, um, and along with Tepoi Moroa, they're providing some real impetus uh, through that middle third um, when Tui Kamikamita and Christian Walsh come off after the opening uh, exchanges. So, yeah, so they're they're the only sort of mooted changes that I could foresee um, potentially happening this weekend. So again. Everything's down to, to Munster's uh, fiancé potentially going to labour early, which would see him withdraw from the game. If she doesn't, well, money plays. Uh, and again, the return of Will Warbrick potentially could see Remus Smith uh, or Marion Seve miss out. But time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> Some storm news. So an injury update. It's only really two injuries at the moment, which is really, really good. Uh, or it's not good. You don't want to see any players um, injured. But um, 
There's no growing injury list, shall we say. So we know that Dean Oromia is uh, recovering uh, from an ACL injury and has returned to training, which is great to see. So he'll uh, have a big uh, preseason and hopefully be available uh, for the preseason trials uh, or preseason tournament um, should he be tracking uh, and get through all the metrics um, and milestones needed uh, to return from an ACL injury. So great to see Dino back uh, training with uh, with the main squad again, which is great. And George Jennings, we, we know, unfortunately did that uh, MCL um, injury at Panthers uh, only a fortnight ago uh, and looks to be gone for four to six weeks. So Godspeed on the recovery uh, for, for Jenko and, um, and for, for, for Dean. So, yep, hopefully they get back soon. Now, some pathways and feeder club reports. So, Melbourne Storm's Jersey Fleet team uh, has given their finals hopes a big boost with a last gasp victory over the West's Tigers in round 24, winning 24-18. Despite trailing at the break, a try to winger Oscar Amosa iced the result for the Storm in the dying stages after halfback Keegan Russell-Smith put his side ahead through a penalty goal in the 63rd minute. Uh, the Storm flag team now return home in round 25 to face the third-place Panthers at Gosh's Paddock on Sunday. Uh, so fingers crossed and good luck to the young uh, Storm flag team, uh, who again are sitting pretty in the top five, um, and hopefully they can stay there and play finals football. Uh, whilst the Brisbane uh, East's Tigers enjoyed Dubai this week in the Host Plus Cup, Melbourne Storm's feeder team, uh, the other feeder team, I should say, the Sunshine Coast Falcons, kept their finals hopes alive with a dominant 40-18 to win over the North Devils on Saturday. Boasting eight Storm contracted players to play for the Falcons, they proved to be too good for the North Devils at Bishop Park, running in seven tries across the entire 80 minutes. Now, Ryan Pappenhausen starred for the Storm uh Feeder team, the Sunshine Coast-based outfit, registering a try, two line break assists, two try assists, 127 run metres in a dominant 80-minute performance. Pappenhausen was also near perfect with the boot, slotting six from seven of his conversion attempts. So goal-kicking is uh, definitely on the radar for Pappy should he return to the storm in the ensuing weeks. Next week shapes as a massive clash for the Sunshine Coast Falcons when they take on the seventh-place Tweed Seagulls, uh, whilst the Brisbane East's Tigers will be in a fierce battle for a top-four spot when they take on the fifth-placed Wynnum Manly Seagulls. So good to see that the Storm Jersey flag team, the under-21s, and Storm's feeder uh, sides in the Host Plus Cup in the Queensland Cup reserve grade competition, uh, are all in line to play finals football. So that goes to show that the pathways and the development um, that we've got coming through underneath uh, is really, really starting to shine, which is which is really, really good and pleasing to see, considering um, the Storm have lost a lot of experience uh, and their depth um, 
beyond the top 30 or the top 17, I should say, has been probably a little bit thin over the past 12 to 18 months. So starting to really, really get some some really good experience back um, in the lower grades, which is great to see, and that will bode well um, for the future years ahead. Now, another item of news that popped up uh, over the last couple of days is that Nelson Osafa Solomona is set to make his boxing debut. So, the Melbourne Storm powerhouse front rower Nelson Osafa Solomona has apparently signed a formal contract. To make, his, to make his boxing debut after the grand final this season, trading boots for gloves, one of the most feared men in all of rugby league, the New Zealand international is aiming to become the next Tyson Fury or the NRL's version of Tyson Fury. Uh, so for those of you who don't know who Tyson Fury is, he's an English-based boxer, heavyweight champion of the world, uh, very, very, um, shall we say, uh, quite the character, um, but yeah, uh, really, really good athlete in the ring. Um, whilst his opponent is yet to be announced, uh, Nelson will make his boxing debut on an all-star NRL card on October the 7th in Townsville. Um, the boxing side of things has really helped me in the NRL, Asafa Solomona said via News Corp. I'm 135 kilos at the moment, and I've been a lot heavier than that but I've been boxing on and off for the past few seasons and it's made me a lot fitter. Once fight night comes, I'd like to get down to the 120s and that could help my football too. I know I'm pretty big for the NRL, but God has given me this body and Greg Bellamy is my coach. So it's on me to get the job done on the field regardless of how much I weigh. My favourite boxer would have to be Tyson Fury, just the way he goes about things. A lot of people love his story and the way he's overcome adversity to be a heavyweight champion of the world. Tyson Fury is the man. The boys always ask me if I'm having a fight, so it's good to uh, has it's finally coming to fruition. I'm keen to jump in the ring. So there was Nelson being interviewed uh, by News Corp. Uh, I think it might have been Peter Bedell in the Courier Mail. So yeah, Nelson guaranteed to uh, to be making his boxing debut. Uh, on an all-star NRL card. So you'd be a very, very brave man to jump in the ring with Big Nasty. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Nelson. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting because he'll be uh, he'll be playing for the Kiwis a week after as well. That's the other thing. So as the International Rugby League calendar has been announced uh, and the ARL Commission in line with... The NRL and the International Rugby League today announced the Pacific Championships. So there'll be uh, the Pacific Championship and the Pacific Bowl, uh, which will feature Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, Fiji and the Cook Islands, uh, with Tonga travelling to uh, the north of England to take on uh, the Poms in a historic test series. Uh, First ever Pacific Island nation uh, to do so, uh, hence why they won't be a part of the Pacific Championships. But Nelson will more than likely uh, be playing for the Kiwis a week after he makes his boxing debut. So uh, I know that uh, Michael Maguire, who is a former assistant Melbourne Storm uh, coach, 
and is the current Kiwis coach who will be making sure Nelson gets through that boxing uh, bout unscathed. Now, uh, again, this evening, a bit of news around about Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, a lot of people have obviously been speculating when he's going to return to the Melbourne Storm top 17, potentially fullback, potentially coming off the bench. How long is he going to play? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so Paps has actually spoken for the first time about when he envisages uh, he potentially could be back. So he did. Uh, sp- he was at the Australian Boomers basketball game tonight in uh, in Melbourne at High Sense Arena, and uh, was interviewed by Channel Nine. Uh, and uh, this is what Paps had to say. Yeah, I think next week's probably realistic. Um, it was probably touch and go this week for the Dragons game, but uh, yeah, probably decided to need one more game of Queensland Cup, and then um, yeah, looking forward to the Titans a week ahead. So uh, back here at Amy Park um, against the Titans, that's probably my return game. So there you go. There you go. So more than likely, we could see Ryan Pappenhausen in round 26 back in the purple jersey at Amy Park against the Titans. Now, a good friend of mine, uh, Barbara Sinclair, uh, I caught up with her at the the game on Sunday. Uh, and <laughs> Barbara, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but Barbara said that she f- could feel it in her waters that uh, that Pappy was going to play uh, against the Titans. And, uh, yep, yeah, well... Barbara Nostradamus, uh, you called it, so congratulations on that. And, uh, yeah, you were spot on, bang on. So, um, yeah, great to, great to see, great to hear that he will be making his return at Amy Park. And, wow, tell you what, if uh, if Storm fans and members needed a, a, a reason to turn up uh, and watch, watch Melbourne play, you've got one now, the return of Ryan Pappenhausen. Great to see. Now, a couple of uh, podcast questions. So I threw it out to uh, the listeners, Ask Gobs, and the first one comes uh, from Wendy uh, Curran. Is Harry's value coming on after 20 minutes such a big influence that we should be doing it all the time? It works for the Maroons and Australia quite well. Yeah, uh, and I think a few people have actually sort of bought into this as well, but I think it's a case-by-case basis, uh, Wendy, where it worked on the weekend. It's probably worked in the past when we had that one-two punch uh, with uh, with the cheese starting that first 20 minutes, sort of copping the brunt, uh, and then Harry coming on and just tearing teams apart, which I, I spoke to earlier in the podcast. Um, look, I, again, I think it's a case by case. Harry's a—he's such an influ, influential player. Um, the more minutes he's out on the field, the better the Storm are going to play. Um, and again, it really comes—I suppose—it comes down to the team, the game plan um, that the, the the Storm are trying to execute as well. Now we know that the Raiders have a very very big physical. Uh, intimidating forward pack, and I think it was made, I think the decision was made to ensure that Harry wasn't going to be bullied and bashed 
by the, 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 the big Raiders middles. Um, and the other aspect to that too is that, again, I made mention to the fact that he's he was rested. So they've been managing his load. Uh, didn't do any sort of training at all last week. Had a very, very light week. Did the captain's run. And instead of him missing the game entirely, uh, that was the approach that they took. So, again, um, I think there is merit. Don't get me wrong. I think there is merit. But I think if you asked Harry Grant himself, he'd be wanting to play all 80 minutes. Um, But, yeah, uh, again, I think it's going to come down to uh, the situation that the Storm find themselves in and the opponent more so. So, again, if they're coming up against a team like the Raiders, who are a big physical pack, um, who just really like to intimidate, bully, bash um, the middle, then uh, it makes sense to start off the bench um, once that sort of the fire and brimstone um, subsides and then then you inject him. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see the approach um, for this week. I don't, I don't envisage it will be the same, but you just never know. You never, never know. But um, yeah, it's it. Look, it's worked. It's worked in the past, uh, as you may mention to. And uh, look, there is value in it. Definitely, definitely agree in that regard. So we shall see. We shall see if, if it does become a, a, a tactic against the Dragons, uh, potentially against uh, the Titans. Uh, and the Broncos in in the ensuing in the ensuing three rounds. So yeah, it's uh, it's something that we're just going to have to to wait and see in that regard. So there was uh, yeah. For, again, thank you so much for your for your question, uh, Wendy. Really, really appreciate that. So and again, thank thank you for listening as well. Um, so yeah, um, there was another one from David David Vincent. Um, so he sent me a question asking, will Meany remain in the starting lineup when Paps returns? Well, that's that's the, the $64 million question, isn't it, David? So um, there's two schools of thought. So the Storm can rip the Band-Aid off and just inject Pappenhausen straight back into the fullback and then find another spot for Nick Meany where... Meany's got that utility value where, and that, that's why he was brought to the club, right? He wasn't brought as a as, as a specialist fullback. He was virtually brought as a replacement for Nico Hines, um, in the having the ability to play at one six, um, so fullback five eighth, um, could potentially do a job in the centres. Uh, has had experience on the wing as well, so that utility value serves. Nick Meany really, really well. The problem with that is that if you have him on the bench as a number 14, then all of a sudden someone like Bronson Garlic or Tyron Wishart would then potentially miss out, who have been playing that sort of that 14 role uh, quite consistently uh, throughout uh, 2023. So, look, it's, 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 it's a headache to have, but it's a very good headache to have because... You get someone like Ryan Pappenhausen back in in available and uh, ready for selection. You'd rather have that headache than not. So um, I don't know. I don't know if he will remain in the starting lineup. 
because if you did shift him to the wing, who who are you dropping? Are you dropping Will Warbrick? I don't think so. Are you dropping Xavier Coates? No, you're not. So there potentially could be a spot maybe in the centres. As we know, there's been a bit of an issue there uh, with um, Justin Ollum uh, being dropped um, due to form. So could Manny do a job on that left edge at centre? Yeah, absolutely. But again, the, the, the problem... It's not a problem, but the, again, I use the word conundrum. The conundrum the Storm are going to have is that, well, okay, you play Meany at left centre, but then all of a sudden, what's young Tonomapia done wrong? And then if you move him to right centre, well, what's Marion Seve done wrong? What's Rama Smith done wrong? So, again, it, it's 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 a really, really good headache to have. Um yeah, and it's 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 one that I suppose is potentially going to keep the the coaches up, um, probably probably uh, some sleepless nights ahead. So um, I, I'm glad they're they're the ones that are going to be making that um, that's uh, that that sort of decision, uh, and not us because that's why they get paid the big bucks. So uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those again. It's 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 a it's a selection headache that um, you would rather have than not have at all. So um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see what transpires there. But uh, I dare say that um, I mean, if if I was if I was a betting man, I dare say they're probably going to name perhaps in an extended squad uh, next Tuesday. So he may not even be in the 17, but you might see him in the extended reserves. Um, and if that's the case, then more than likely he'd be starting off the bench. And how they're going to use him, um, well, again, is anyone's guess. They may use him uh, in the middle, coming on and doing a very similar job to to what he did um, previously. In, in when he first when he first did start to play, uh, and that was that 2019 season where he was coming on and playing in the ruck uh, and causing a little bit of chaos and havoc with his speed um, uh, around sort of tired middles etc. So or he may go straight to fullback and they might bring Meany off or they might just leave Meany out there as sort of as a roving sort of player just bobbing up and. Doing a job and potentially playing like that sort of lock, middle third role uh, through the middle. So because he he has got a bit of a passing game, Meany. He he again his ability to play in the halves at six. Um, so he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be lost, but it just comes to, I suppose the question is that, well, when Paps does eventually revert back to fullback. Where does Meany fit? So yeah, it's it's one of those things. Personally, my what I'd be doing is I'd be I'd be inclined to say, well, look, you need to try and pick your best seventeen, and if you've got a fit and firing Ryan Pappenhausen, well, he's 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 your fullback every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. 
So, and that's that's nothing against Nick Meaney, um, but he's not he's not Ryan Pappenhausen, and Pappenhausen is what Reese Walsh is to the Broncos. Pappenhausen is to the Melbourne Storm. He's that X factor. He's that that speed, that acceleration on the back of shape that really causes a lot of indecision uh, for the three man and the two man defensive teams of the on on those edges. Uh, coming around and just having that that sort of how do you stop it? It's one of those things that speed is so hard to combat, and Paps has got a lot of it. And you, all you got to do is you got to go back to that twenty twenty season and twenty twenty one season when he was just on fire, um, and even the start of twenty twenty two. You go back and you look at when the Storm had those shift plays on, and he was on the back of shape. They looked like they were going to score every time they shifted the ball, either to the left or the right. Papi was popping up, um, and that—that's something that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the X factor that the Storm have lacked. So, Pappenhausen for me is, if and when ready, what what the Storm's best seventeen looks like is that Papi's there. Um, Papi's there, and unfortunately, if Nick Meaney has to miss out. As cruel um, as and as cold as that potentially could be, then yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough selection call. So, and look, they may they may give him the number fourteen jersey. They may make him the utility, uh, which means that someone like Bronson Garley um, or Tyron Wishart is going to miss out. The, the I suppose the benefit for Bronson, Bronson can play as a ruck forward. So he can get in there and not only play a bit of dummy half, but he can play. He can play in the pigs. He can play in the ruck. Um, so even with Meany on the bench, Meany, Bronson, Garlic could both be there because they could bl- both play different roles. My only, my only criticism and my only query and qualm around that would be you're potentially sacrificing a bigger body. On the interchange bench, which the Storm need with that that middle third rotation, so you take two big men off like Tui Kamikamita and Welshy, and you don't want to put a smaller man on. You want to put two another big body on there to keep that sort of momentum going through the middle third and the ruck. Uh, that would be my only query. So, yeah, I think it's going to come down to potentially Meany either missing out, um, or potentially taking that number fourteen. Uh, jersey off someone like Bronson Garlic. So, yeah, it's, it's a cutthroat business, but you've got to pick your best 17. And unfortunately, there's no sentiment and everyone's professional and it's got to be a team-first mentality. So if you've got your best 17 available, you pick your best 17 uh, and you go from there. <laughs> Well, that's it for for this week. Uh, Thank you so much again, as always, for supporting the podcast, listening, uh, sharing, uh, providing feedback, answering uh, some, uh, throwing some questions out. Uh, And again, yeah, it's just, it's really, really enjoyable. Love doing it. Uh, And yeah, really thank you uh, all for your support uh, and your continued support and spreading the, the, the news and the gospel. Uh, to your friends and family and rugby league community at large. So 
wishing everyone a, a great weekend coming up. Let's hope it's a uh, uh, a successful one for the Melbourne Storm as they look to capitalise and build upon their great performance against the Raiders, uh, 48-2. Let's hope they can take that form in against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy your rugby league. And, uh, yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope the boys can put another impressive performance against the Dragons. So, yeah, let's go.